Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. You may be seated. Abraham. He got my attention. He called out to me like he did so many times before. Not anything new, not anything out of the ordinary, but things were about to be different from here on out. Nothing the same ever again. I responded, here I am. And then what followed crippled me, brought me right down to the ground. I couldn't believe my ears. How could the Lord command me to do that? The Lord said, take your son, your only son whom you love, and go into the land of Moriah, and there offer your son as a burnt offering, a sacrifice, on the mountain that I choose. I thought I was about to lose my breakfast. I felt sick to my stomach. I really did. How could the Lord say such harsh words? Wasn't he contradicting himself? Wasn't he reneging, going back on all of his promises? It was like I was talking to a completely different God. Like one of those bloodthirsty gods that I left. That I left when I was called out of Haran. How could the Lord command me to sacrifice my only son? And then to add insult to injury, he reminded me, this is a son that I love. Really? Did he have to do that? It felt like the rug was pulled out from underneath my feet. I was in free fall. Whatever I knew, it felt like it was chucked out the window, thrown out, shredded. Now what I knew up to that point was that I was going to be the father of many nations. I mean, that's what Abraham means, after all. And it was God who gave me that name. He changed my name from Abram to Abraham. And he also changed the name of my wife, changing her name from Sarai to Sarah, a name that means princess. And on that day when he gave us our new names, he said that from Sarah would come kings and nations. <laughs> what? I rolled around laughing. <laughs> I thought this was a huge, ginormous joke. I mean, we were, we were as good as dead. I just blew out 100 candles on my cake. And Sarah just turned 90. Yeah, we were as good as dead. It was like the Lord was just, you know, playing with me, toying with me. And then the zinger. Oh yeah, the, the real punchline. He, he promised that we would have a child, and that child's name would be Isaac. A name that means he who laughs. Talk about poking fun at my incredulous laughter. Oh, and Sarah would have her moment of laughter. She, she would, 
soon hear about this promised child, and she also rolled around laughing. Can you blame us? Senior citizens do not have babies. They don't. But then the miracle. Sarah conceived. She was with the child. And, and, then, and then the baby bump. Oh, I remember that day when Isaac first kicked. Sarah told me all about it with a tear rolling down her cheek. And she laughed. I laughed too. And my eyes filled up with, with water. And then the day Isaac was born. When we heard that high-pitched cry, we looked at each other with, with such tenderness and intimacy and love. And we cried. But our tears were mingled with joy. We, we laughed. <laughs> we laughed all day long. This child bringing such laughter and joy into our home. This is the Lord who keeps his promises. He is the one who does the impossible. All things are possible for him. But then that dreadful day. That dreadful day. Where he commanded me to slaughter, sacrifice, surrender my only son. That was no laughing matter. And I certainly did not tell Sarah. How could I? She would go into mama bear mode and we would not be able to leave. She wouldn't let us leave. And so the next day I woke up super early before anyone. I saddled the donkey. I woke up a couple servants. I, I was just stalling. I really was. Just hoping the Lord would give me a different word, a better word, that would wipe out this nightmare for good forever. But it was time. Time to wake up Isaac. I just stood over him for a moment. So still. So at peace. Sleep looks like death, doesn't it? Was this a preview of what I would soon see myself? A dead Isaac? A lifeless, limp body? How could the Lord call me away from Haran? Call me away from my family and my household gods. Call me away from everything that was familiar to me, my culture, my language, my people, and then tell me to sacrifice this son that he gave me. I stalled some more. I went and chopped wood. I could have easily done that on the journey to the land of Moriah. But I was waiting for the Lord to give me a different word, a better word, wiping out this nightmare. Where was the Lord? Well, the morning was fast approaching. We had to get out of there. Soon everyone would be awake. And so we left. We departed. What a journey that was. Three days of silence. No one made a sound. And after three days, we looked, and, 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 there, and there was the mountain. The mountain where I was supposed to sacrifice, slaughter, surrender my only son, whom I love. 
This final leg of the journey only me and the boy could do. So I told the servants, stay with the donkey, and we're going to go over there and worship, me and the boy, and we will come back to you. And we will come back to you. And we will come back to you. Now, I said those words without, without laughter. I, I meant those words. I did. That and, and, we will come back to you. That and was full of hope, teeming with hope, overflowing with hope. Hope against hope. Hope that the Lord would keep his promise, even though everything said he wasn't. Hope that the Lord would keep his promise, even if it meant going through with it, slaughtering, sacrificing, surrendering my only son, whom I love. See, I did have hope. This was the God who brought life out of a dead womb, after all. He is the God of the living. Isaac, he's that living sermon preaching day after day that this is the God, not of the dead, God of the living. And so I believed, I had hope that even if my son were sacrificed, this God could bring him back from the dead. And we will come back to you. It was time to go. And so we left the servants behind. Isaac had the wood on his shoulders, and I carried the knife and the fire. We went up that mountain together in silence until, until Isaac broke the silence. My father, my father. And I responded, here I am, my son. And then the question that I knew would come, I knew it would, it, it, it was so obvious. Isaac, he said, Father, we, we have the wood, we have the fire, we have the knife, but, but where is the sacrifice? No, I had determination. And I had resolve to go through with this, to do what the Lord commanded, but I had hope. I had hope that the Lord would give a substitute, that he would spare my son, set him free, let him loose. And so I said, my son, God himself will provide the lamb for the sacrifice. He will. That was all Isaac needed to hear. Silent the rest of the way. We got to the top of the mountain and everything moved so quickly. It was a blur. I built the altar, put the wood in place, and then I bound my son. What made that so, so difficult is that he was so willing. He did not fight me. We wept the entire time. The wood underneath his body, saturated, soaked with our tears. And when I looked into his eyes, what I saw was a boy who understood. There was intimacy and love in those eyes. His eyes told me, do what you have to do, Father. I love you. And I know that you love me too. I lifted the blade high into the air. And that's 
when the interruption came. The interruption that I was looking for all along. Abraham. Abraham. I lost it. I dropped the knife. And what the angel of the Lord said next made me collapse right onto my son. The angel of the Lord said, Stop! Don't do it! Don't sacrifice your son Isaac, whom you love! Now I know, now I see, that you fear God, for you would not withhold, surrender, your only son. I never held my son that tightly before. We embraced, I kissed him all over, his head, his nose, his cheeks, his lips, his chin. I kissed him all over. And as I untied him, we just wept more. But there was laughter. There was so much laughter. The son who was dead, now alive, return to me, give him back to me. And we would, we would worship on top of that mountain. We would, we would have a sacrifice offered. I looked up and there was the ram. A ram caught in thorns. That ram had to be from God himself. And so he took the ram. And we sacrificed the ram. This was the substitute. My son spared. My son set free. Let loose. This ram taking the place of my son, my only son, whom I love. I called the place the Lord will provide. The Lord will see. Moriah means the same. Moriah means both see and provide. And that really is God in a, in a nutshell, isn't it? This is the God who has vision and provision. He's the one who sees and he supplies. He saw the need and he supplied the sacrifice. Indeed. This God was not done supplying the goods. The sermon kept going. The angel of the Lord spoke again, saying, Because you are willing to surrender your son, your only son, I will most definitely bless you, and I will most definitely multiply your offspring more than the stars in the sky, more than the sand on the seashore. And your offspring shall conquer, defeat the enemies, be victorious, and all the nations will be blessed in your offspring because you listened to me. You trusted me. You staked everything on me. You hoped against hope. Yes, this is the God who kept his promise. He did not deny himself, did not disappoint me. When his, when his honor, when his reputation was on the line, he came through. He came through. His word true. His word can't be broken. This is the promise-making, promise-keeping God. Now, we couldn't stay up on that mountain. We came down together. But as we did, I looked over my shoulder. I looked back at that mountain. And I got a glimpse of the future. I knew that God wasn't done with this mountain, not yet. There would be something greater that would occur here. A greater sacrifice. 
And I'm not talking about a lamb or a ram or some other animal. This is the God who would do exactly what he commanded me to do. He would be the substitute. He would see a sacrifice through his own sacrifice, supplying this world with so many blessings. Blessings without measure. Grace upon grace. How can I not go back to those servants with a smile on my face? And I did. I had this huge grin on my face. But even though I had that smile on my face, I still looked the same to the servants. But it wasn't the same. I now was freer and more alive than ever before. When the Lord called me to leave Haran, he called me to place my past into his hands. When he called me to sacrifice my only son whom I love, he called me to place my future into his hands. Coming down that mountain, knowing that my past and my future, both in the hands of my God, I could live, truly live, in the present, fully here, now, trusting that the Lord would provide in life and most especially in death. I mean, I witnessed that firsthand. I experienced it. I had nothing to be afraid of anymore, any longer. God had this day, every day. God has me and my wife and my kid, everyone, now. And he laughs. Why not just laugh with him too? Come soon, Lord Jesus.